Are we ready to open next month? I think so. You think so? Well, it's complicated. Fire protection, first aid supplies, uniforms, safety training, mat services. Oh, and restroom supplies. So uncomplicated. Call Centos. They'll handle all of it. Wow. One company can handle all that? That's not very complicated. So, you'll be ready? Oh, we'll be ready. Oh, I'm ready! Learn how Centos can help you get ready for the workday. Visit Centos.com. listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mudis. What is up everybody? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On NBA network. I'm your host Adam Mudis from denverstiffs.com, largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out, follow us Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can check out all of our Locked On uh, NBA shows. Every single team is covered. There's also Locked On Football. You can check out Locked On Broncos and hear about how miserable they are right now. You can also check out the flagship program, Locked On NBA, hosted by David Locke. All kinds of good stuff, guys. So uh, if you do enjoy podcasts and you're looking for something new, check those out. <clears throat> this episode of the show, I'm going to recap the uh, Nuggets lost uh, to the Washington Wizards and you know, I only watched it the once live. I did, usually I like to go back and look at it again or at least highlight some parts again, but this time I won't be able to. Heading out, Actually heading out on the road with the team for Charlotte and Atlanta this week, so I'll get to cover the team on the road for the first time. Kind of excited about that, um, make a little trip of it. Um, but I did want to – there was a lot to go over in this one, and I think I got a, the pretty good gist of this one. I don't think there's a whole lot I'm going to uh, leave unnoted. Um Surprisingly, you know, I actually felt pretty good about this game, <clears throat> even the outcome. I mean, to me, this is this is not a surprising start for the Nuggets. Obviously, I think you'd like to be three and zero, and I think the Nuggets were within striking range of all three games that they could be three and zero. But I think they're showing the potential that I think everybody believed was there. Um, I think some people just expect that potential to come right away and. Uh, you know, them to kind of be their fully optimized self right out of the gate. I never thought that was going to be the case. Utah and Washington are two very, very, very good teams, and the Nuggets were within a stone's throw of both of them. Um, so, but let's get on to the notes for this one because we can get into why, you know, the team fell apart. <clears throat> First of all, great crowd tonight. I, I was really surprised because Saturday, Saturday was a full crowd, but I didn't think it was really a lively one. Tonight, Monday night, you don't know what you're going to get. I kind of expected it wouldn't be much. The crowd, it was pretty full, first of all. There was a lot of people, especially the lower level, pretty filled up. Filled up. And then it was an engaged crowd. I mean, this was a fun game to be at, a very, very, very fun game to attend. The crowd was booing the refs, booing the Wizards, cheering on the Nuggets, going crazy. It was loud. It was popping. Tonight, Pepsi Center was popping, and I think that's cool. You'd love for the Nuggets to get a win and to pull it out. But uh, unfortunately, again, growing pains. Nuggets have to go through those growing pains. So the story of the night, um, or at least the big, I think the headline story is going to be Nikola Jokic, who after being very conservative and kind of in a funk the last six quarters, but especially in that last game, he comes out firing tonight right out of the gate. I think 12 or 14 points in the first quarter. I could probably pull it up here on the uh, on the stats here, but uh, comes out firing right out of the gate. And it was clear that not just he was looking to score, but that the team was looking for him to score. So 12 points in that first quarter, eight and a half minutes, five for five shooting, two for two from the three-point line, three rebounds. 
three assists, um, three three rebounds, two assists right in that opening quarter, and it was clear from the start that he was going to be, you know, more engaged. And I think with Jokic, man, I really do think a lot of it comes down to just kind of his his. It's really the mental aspect of the game is huge for him. I think he allows himself to get taken out of the game. Even in this one, there was moments where he would go through slumps and kind of get entangled and all this different stuff. I think, you know, he's got to become mentally stronger and and that's going to be really, I think the biggest step for him to take this year, hopefully this year. Um, But really before he can reach into his full potential is just to get mentally stronger. I talk a lot up on the show about, Oh, I think the team could use him better here, or these guys need to understand the spacing better here. But the truth is a lot of it is on Jokic's shoulders. He's, he's got to be able to establish himself and kind of earn the respect and trust of his teammates, and and but also he's just got to he's just got to stay focused because he kind of goes up and down, and you can see it's very evident. I think watching him when he's in his element, when he's out of his element, and there were moments even in this game where I kind of thought, okay, he's starting to drift out and fall out uh, of the game a little bit. So I think he needs to take ownership of this team, especially on the offensive end. There's a lot of good players. There's a way to do it without being. You know, there's a way to do it that's not trying to seize the reins or, or, uh, you know, this is my team, everybody get out of the way. It's not like that, but there's a way to kind of step up and just and for him to kind of take over and and earn the trust that the offense can flow through him a little bit more. And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing that process because that's it's we all want the final version of Nikola Jokic. We want the prime you know, best version of him right out the gate, but there's all these these steps along the way that have to happen. Some of them are big steps like getting the minutes and getting, you know, working on this move or that move. And some of them are a lot more subtle. And I think with him right now, it's the subtle stuff. He's got a, uh, it's the leadership and the consistency and the mental toughness. So I do think if you look tonight at his shot chart, a lot of jump shots and not a lot, you know, Jokic, I think, his his shot chart generally is right in that restricted area or in the paint right down the middle, kind of rolling to the rim. There wasn't a lot of rolling to the rim for him today. There was a lot of pick and popping and a lot of mid-range jumpers. I think seven outside the paint mid-range jumpers um, in, in this game. And I think that's another sign of a team that's still trying to figure things out. I by no means thought today was, even though Jokic put up, a very Jokic-like stat line, 29-9-5, I think, um, or 29-9-7, and seven, something like that. Even though the numbers were there, I don't think that he uh, – I, I still think the game was only like halfway to the rhythm that they're kind of looking for, and so um, that was that was indicative of it. Another thing that was indicative of it was Jokic's turnovers, just really turnover-prone in this one, and not the type of turnovers we're kind of accustomed to with Jokic. You know, he always has a lot of turnovers because he handles the ball so much and he threads the needle so much and, and does those things, but he had some weird ones today. He had a turnover on an outlet pass that I, I don't think I've ever seen him underthrow an outlet pass the way he did. Um, almost always is so good at kind of leading the, the runner into him. So there's just some weird plays from him tonight that I think show that, that he's still not fully there, but... 9 of 14 shooting, 29-7-9, really good stat line, a lot of good stuff from him in this game. And I think if you're a Nuggets fan, you're encouraged that this game happened and I think even more intrigued to see what happens going forward because he was just so good as an individual talent tonight. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. The other story of the night was turnovers. Just the, the, the Nuggets were on one tonight with their turnovers. Uh, the, the, just let me count these up here because the stats, the, the, they have a new stat system in the NBA and it keeps being inconsistent, so you kind of have to hand count them. 16, 17, 22, 23. By my count, 23 turnovers uh, from the Nuggets tonight. Seven from Jokic. Five from Moutier. Four from Gary Harris. Three from Wilson Chandler. Just... Uh, you know, the story, that one from Murray, the, the behind the back, I think I think that some of these, you have to look at some of these turnovers and say, what's the issue? I think some of it is just a sloppiness and a carelessness that, for whatever reason, this team has struggled with from out the gate. The Murray turnover was clearly one of those. Moutier had a couple that you just say, what are you doing, man? you got to protect the ball. But I think a lot of the turnovers came off of confusion. Um, and this team seems to be thinking way more than usual. And I think, again... We look at the signs of a team, a, a team with three new starters, kind of a new system on both ends of the court. They look very much like a team that's trying to think about what they're supposed to do. When they when they really hit their stride, they're going to stop thinking. Those Nuggets teams last year, you think to that Golden State game, I don't think anybody on the court thought about anything that whole game. They just played. It was just basketball. It was just it was fluid. Right now, it's very, uh, you know, very not fluid. Whatever the opposite of fluid, I don't. Not, it's not really static. It's just it's it's. Uh, you know, confused, really, quite quite frankly. A lot of guys looking around, am I supposed to be here? Who am I supposed to touch the ball? I don't want to be a ball hog, so I'll just, you know, keep it moving or whatever. And I think, you know, the Nuggets have to get out at that some point. But again, I think I, I'm, I'm pretty certain they will at some point. It's just, is it going to be next week? Is it going to be three weeks from now? Is it going to be two months from now? The sooner the better for them, for sure. The start of that second quarter and the start of the fourth quarter to a to a yeah, no, to an equal extent, I thought was the key to this game. You look at the game going in, Washington has a phenomenal starting lineup, maybe the best starting lineup outside of Golden State in the NBA, in my opinion. Very, 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 uh, you could really easily make an argument that they have the second best starting lineup in the NBA. And the Nuggets have a good starting lineup, I think, but the key to them is their bench and the, their ability to kind of stagger lineups and have good, a, a really, really good core out there uh, at all times. So to start the second quarter, I thought it was huge. And the Nuggets went to what is my favorite front court pairing, Jokic and Kenneth Fareed. They went with uh, Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, let me see if I have it written down here. Malik Beasley was on the court, which I thought was really interesting. And um, Will Barton, a very interesting lineup. Beasley we haven't seen a whole lot of. I, I like that he got inserted in the lineup now with, uh, um, you know, with Wancho unavailable tonight they went small and played a lot of small ball Beasley's in there I thought that was great he knocked down a shot which I think is great for his confidence um that lineup I think was interesting and you know they outscored they went on a big run there I think they outscored them by eight points in the first like four minutes and that's what the Nuggets had to do they had to win that that stretch and they did the problem was they could have won that stretch by 13 14 15 points easily in my opinion had they just not turned it over five turnovers in that stretch in a four or five minute stretch and that's to start that second quarter so they still out outscore washington 
by eight points, and they leave five possessions on the table with just absolutely sloppy turnovers. A lot of those from Emmanuel Moutier, um, but uh, you know some from Jokic as well, and and those are points on the table. You look at it. If the Nuggets do, instead of going up eight in that quarter, they go up 14. Just say they convert on three of the five possessions where they don't turn it over. Now now you're talking about a pretty sizable lead that I think you play a little bit freer. Um, maybe you, you probably enter halftime with the lead. So I think the whole game changes. So those points they left on the table are crucial. And I love that lineup. Um, it's just it has to win every time, especially against teams like this. They did the exact same thing in the fourth quarter. Um, now they went with Wilson Chandler at the three and Barton at the two, Emmanuel Moutier, Fareed, and Jokic. And again, this was a prime opportunity for the Nuggets to kind of race out to a lead. You know, heading into the final stretch, and they they just left it on the table. They. Two shots, you know, you look at six possessions, I think, in the opening four minutes, and this time actually Washington outscored Denver with that lineup. Uh, to That possession, you get two corner threes from Emmanuel Moutier. Good shots, not great ones. Um, you get a Kenneth Freed post-up. You get uh, a Jokic 20-foot jump shot and, uh, you know, another two two Barton kind of running foot, floaters. But the offense wasn't, wasn't flowing, and you look at that's a lineup that – has experience with each other more or less. Those that's a lineup that you actually expect the Nuggets shouldn't. I would have bet money that 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 stretch right there would have looked like Nuggets basketball of last year, where the ball's popping, they're playing through Jokic, and they're getting great looks. Instead, I don't think they had a single possession where you look at it and go, "Oh, that's the Nuggets we know," and that was just a blown opportunity. Now, I think you have to look at this game as a whole and say that there were moments like that. There were some of these turnovers. There was bad stretches. I thought the Nuggets were dead in the water at that moment. They're down like six, seven points. They just wasted the four-minute stretch that was the most important of the game to start the fourth where they had a, a matchup advantage and they wasted it. I thought the Nuggets were done and then John Wall was going to check back in and Bradley Beal and, and put the game away. Huge hat tip to the Nuggets for fighting in this one. I think it's a sign. You know, I asked I asked Matt Moore. I sit next to him uh, at cbssports.com, and, and I asked him, I said, does it look like the Nuggets are having fun like last year? And he seemed to think it wasn't such a an issue, and I agree. I don't think it's a big issue. But his, his response was, no, I don't think they're having as much fun, but I think part of that is they know that this year is more serious than last year, meaning the expectations are more real this year than last year. And that makes sense. The, the team today, I thought, had a very workmanlike um, persona to them on the court. Uh, they... And that's why they got down, and I think in previous years, you know, maybe it wouldn't have met as much to them. They fought tooth and nail in this game and gave and put themselves in position, despite all of the turnovers, despite some of the wonkiness, they put themselves in position to get the win, and obviously they didn't, but I think you have to be excited. I saw a lot of people on social media say, oh, this really reminds me of last year where you get beat at the buzzer. The, la- the difference was last year, you know, against Portland in that home opener, the Nuggets were up and they blew a lead. Uh, against you know an equal team or worse. This year is an equal team or better, I think, in Washington. And instead of blowing a lead, they actually came back. They they came from behind, could have quit. And instead of quit, they were the ones that came back and and unfortunately couldn't come back enough. But uh, they certainly, I thought, went down fighting. So I'm encouraged by this game, quite frankly. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Some other quick notes before we get out of here. I think it's interesting. The front court rotation continues to be an interesting thing. I have to tip my hat to Malone. I think A-plus job by him with his rotations in the first three games, really in the last two. Um, but I, I think I think he sees the value of Fareed. And I got to say, Mason Plumley had some great minutes tonight, phenomenal minutes. And I like I just like the way he rotated. Now, you look at it and you look at the final minutes, Kenneth Freed had basically 13 no basically 11 and a half mason plumley had 12 and a half those guys are not playing very many minutes and i know that's tough for both of them maybe that's a recipe for disaster going forward because i think if you look at it mason play plumley played center in a small ball lineup i don't like farid in that lineup against most teams i don't think he can do the small ball center thing for for 12 minutes in a game and the nuggets have success Plumley can, and it was a very good lineup. He had some great, phenomenal plays uh, on both ends of the court. And then you had Farid in there with the Jokic lineup both times, and even though one of those stretches wasn't very good at all, uh, it really gave you a huge punch in the first stretch. And and so I I thought the, I think Malone has really done a great job with his front court rotations personally, and more so than any point last year. I think he's on. He's kind of keying in on what I at least if you agree with me he's keying in with what I would do with the team in terms of rotations to give the team the best chance so um and and the consistency I think has been important you know Beasley was a little bit of a curveball today but his hand their hands were tied they had to play somebody in that spot you could maybe make an argument that Richard Jefferson deserved the minutes or Trey Lyles or somebody like that but I don't think you know Malik Beasley went in there and did a good job so I, I think Malone has done a good job with the rotation so far I have to tip my hat to him this was a really bad game from Gary Harris, and it was weird because Gary Harris is Mr. Consistent, <clears throat> and he missed some wide-open shots. He had some weird plays where he just turned the ball over and didn't didn't make some, you know, Jokic had a pass to him on a cut that I think 99 out of 100 times last year they would convert that one, didn't convert it this time. So weird game from Gary Harris. It was weird to see. I don't know if that's – Gary Harris is the type of player that – last year he was so consistent because I don't think he had good or bad games. There was just good or bad outcomes of him on the court because if the team was, if the ball was popping and the, and, and the Nuggets were playing well, then Gary Harris, you know, would score. And if the ball wasn't popping and the Nuggets were playing poorly, Gary Harris wouldn't because he's, he's really a finisher type guy. So he was a barometer. I don't know if tonight that is, you know, you look at two guys, Wilson Chandler and Gary Harris, who have struggled. I don't know if that's indicative of their casualties because they're kind of finisher players and the offense hasn't figured out you know, what it's doing yet, and so by extension they're not really benefiting from the offense. Or if it's something else with with each of those guys. But Gary, it was weird to see Gary Harris have an off night. I think if he has just his average night, the Nuggets win, win this one. And then I thought Jamal Murray looked timid against John Wall. Um, not, he didn't necessarily do, you know, that turnover was pretty bad and it was at a horrible moment. I think Malone almost had a heart attack, but, uh, I just thought offensively he looked really, really timid in the end to his credit. He knocked down a big shot, maybe a couple big shots. I can't remember, but he had a, 
uh, you know, he stepped up at the end. But I thought throughout the game, look, John Wall's a dog, man. That guy, that guy is. Uh, you have to watch him in person. This is the only time Washington's in town. Uh, if you made the game, congrats. You, you, I'm sorry for the people that don't get a chance to see John Wall live because he is right there with Westbrook in terms of guys you have to watch live to fully appreciate. The guy is just so relentless. He plays defense like Chris Paul where he just plays hard every single possession on the court. And then once he gets in the open court, man, I mean, I almost have to like rub my eyes to make sure I'm not like seeing an, a literal blur. That's just how fast he is. He's He's fun to watch. So... I thought Murray looked a little timid against him, almost a little overwhelmed, which uh, I think happens sometimes against Westbrook, and it's not a surprise it happens against John Wall. Lastly, Eric Bledsoe. Big news, to, you know, over the last couple of days, Eric Bledsoe is going to get traded. I mean, it's it's not a secret anymore. He's been sent home. Rich Paul was in attendance, who is, you know, famously LeBron James's agent and top agent at Clutch Sports, of which Eric Bledsoe is also a client as is John Wall, as is Trey Lyles. So it was interesting that he was there today. What does it mean? We have no idea. Maybe nothing. Maybe he was just in town to check out the scenery. Maybe he was in town for some business with Trey Lyles. I saw him with Trey Lyles after the game, kind of in the tunnel, hanging out. Looked like the two were going to get ready to go out together tonight, maybe for dinner or something. Um, and then, you know, maybe he was there to see John Wall. Maybe it was a chance to see two of his clients in the same place at the same time. Um, or maybe it was to kind of work out an Eric Bledsoe deal or, or, or try to facilitate something like that. So who knows what it was, but, uh, nonetheless is interesting. My take on Eric Bledsoe, a lot of people have asked me, I think, I don't think this is a clear cut. Oh, this, there is a right answer to this one. At least for me, I have, uh, I see merits to both sides. The biggest thing for me is it almost certainly costs, uh, Emmanuel Moutier and uh, Kenneth Freed. I think if you look at a package um, that makes the most sense, that's the package that I think the Nuggets would put out. There is no question after watching these games, and, and Moutier, I thought, look, his turnovers tonight were so so painful. They were the type of turnovers that make you just want to like gouge your eyes out. So I think I think sometimes with Moutier's play, the you know a turnover only counts for one, whether it's a, a almost turnover or whether it's the worst turnover you've ever seen in your life. Well, Moody gives the worst turnovers you've ever seen in your life, so it feels like more. Um, maybe they feel more impactful than they really are. He finished with five tonight, which is pretty you know, is pretty rough, but he also finished with 15 points, shot the ball well, two for five from behind the arc, five for nine. Um, it, it was just a mixed bag. But here's what I'll say is both Murray and Moody are prospects at this point and below average point guards, both of them. Um, relative to league average. So Eric Bledsoe is not a top point guard. He's not in that top 10 category, I don't think. There's so many great point guards in the NBA. But he is a net positive. He's an above average one. He's certainly better than both Moutier and Murray at this stage. Defensively, he just brings a ton to the table. So I think in a vacuum, if you added him to the team without losing anything, I think you say, okay, of course, this is a huge, huge, huge gain for the Denver Nuggets. Losing Emmanuel Moutier, in my opinion, is not losing a whole lot. He's still a prospect, and it could come back to bite you because he does have some... I think with with Moutier, his mistakes are so bad, but his his positives are so unique. And that's what makes him such a frustrating uh, prospect. As you look at it, and you go, man, not very many players can make that play that he just made. And that's what makes you exciting. But then you go, no player in the NBA that's in the rotation makes some of the mistakes that he makes. And and I really think that it, it doesn't even out. It actually it tilts in the negative favor. Uh, but, you know, maybe development, 
you look at those mistakes and they're so obvious and so ugly and you think, man, those should be able to clean up. He should improve his handle. Like the shooting is, is one thing, but he should improve his handle. He should improve his decision making. And if he did those things, you're left with a pretty good player, at least a pretty good prospect. Um, the problem is, do you have faith in that? So you lose, you lose Manuel Moutier. Maybe he ends up turning a Nurkic situation where the light goes on and, and he becomes a really good player. Maybe not. Um, and then Kenneth Freed is actually the big one. So the, the Moutier thing, I would say, no, I, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but in my mind, it's a no brainer. The, the tough one for me is giving up Kenneth Freed. And this is crazy. Who would have guessed we would be in this position one year ago, but I think Fareed is the key to Jokic ball. I don't know what else. I need to come up with a better name than Jokic ball, something for, for the style of offense that Nikola Jokic quarterbacks when he is at his best. Kenneth Fareed is one of the best. I I was going through the list today and thinking, who is the best power forward combination for, for Nikola Jokic in all of the NBA? And look, I this is I, feel free to disagree with me. This is a, a very unique take. I think Anthony Davis is probably the best. I mean, look, Anthony Davis is the best power forward for a lot of lineups. It's not unique. But I think for especially so for for Jokic because he can shoot, he can create, but also he can play the Kenneth Freed spot as well as Kenneth Freed. He's the, probably the only guy in the NBA or one of two or three guys in the NBA that can do that. I think Chris Tapp's Porzingis is a great fit. Stretch four that also can protect the rim and guard on the perimeter. Um, I think Tristan Thompson is a guy that you look at. He would be very, very good next to Le, next to Nikola Jokic. Can protect the rim, but also play that dunker spot. Kenneth Freed is up there. I'm sure I'm missing a handful of guys that that I think also would fit that role and and kind of be a natural fit. If you read DenverStiffs.com, and I, I highly encourage you to, I posted an article yesterday that had full audio quotes about Nicole, from Nikola Jokic, Kenneth Freed, and Michael Malone talking about just comfort and front front court pairings and especially the Fareed Jokic pairing and one of the things Jokic said was that there really was no adjustment period for playing with Fareed they just clicked the moment they stepped on the court they just clicked and I've written about why I think that is Fareed is a low usage guy he finishes plays he dunks he offensive rebounds and he just plays the dunker spot he doesn't really ask for a whole lot else that allows Jokic to be the playmaker and, and that's why I think those guys click. So I think Fareed is actually one of the best pairings for Nikola Jokic, especially in small spurts. I don't, it, you know, I, I have no problem with Paul Millsap. In fact, I think Jokic and Millsap are, are going to be a very incredible pair and probably better than, than Fareed and Jokic are in a playoff series and in crunch time. But I think that, you know, in that middle portion of the game, Fareed Jokic is just going to be such a dynamic pair. So I bring all this up to say you lose Fareed. And now your front court rotation becomes Plumlee, Millsap, Jokic, and whatever stretch, you know, Wilson Chandler sliding. I like Jokic a lot when Wilson is the four. I don't like Jokic very much at all when Plumlee is the four. And Millsap and Jokic is good, but again, like I said, it's not that plus 12 net rating or whatever the Nuggets had. It's not that, it's not that knockout punch that the Nuggets can have in the second, third, early fourth quarters. Um, so... So I don't. That's that's why I would say I kind of lean against the Eric Bledsoe deal. Now the Nuggets need a point guard, so sacrifices have to be na- be made. But if it were me, I would let Fareed play out the entirety of his contract here in Denver because I think him and Jokic are that good of a pair that I just would not ever risk getting rid of it. And then on top of that, look, we know that you know. In my opinion, this team discovered an identity last year. This is part of what's so frustrating, I think, for Nuggets fans looking on the outside looking in is it felt like the Nuggets discovered who they were last year. And this year it feels like they're rediscovering and redefining who they are. 
I think they're going to get back to it pretty quickly. I think it's just an adjustment period. But if you lose Kenneth Freed, I lose a little bit of faith that they're going to get back to that. Then it seems like the Nuggets really have turned a completely different direction. you got to integrate Bledsoe now, who wants his touches, Millsap, who wants his touches, and just where does that leave Jokic? So there's a lot going on there. I would lean against getting Eric Bledsoe if it included Kenneth Freed, which it almost certainly would. But if the Nuggets were able to swing a deal that did not include him, maybe Darrell Arthur or, or <laughs> you know some, somebody else on the roster, Mason Plumlee would be ideal in my opinion, but I know I would take a lot of flack from that. So um, so that's why I'm lukewarm on it. But we'll see what happens. I have a feeling the Nuggets have uh, will be a player in that conversation, and, and it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to this one. Like I said, I'm encouraged. So more than anything, I still think the Nuggets are on track. That was a good first three games. You kind of break it into chunks. Now they're on a, the next five games are on the road. That's kind of its own chunk. I think the Nuggets will be a different team when they return to Pepsi Center in 10 days than they are now. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes if you have not already. It really helps me promote the show. And I got my first negative rating today, so I need uh, like 10 more positive ones to cancel it out. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.